0: God, we've come now to the time in this service when we open your word. Its pages are filled with truth. Its pages are filled with hope, joy, peace, love, mercy, forgiveness, healing. I pray, O Lord, that for these next few moments that you would give me something of which I'm not worthy, that you would touch me with an unction from the Holy One. That you would give me an open door of utterance that I might speak with grace and with truth to the people at this time. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Great is thy faithfulness. Can you sing it? Oh, God, our Father, morning by morning, new mercies i see all i have needed thy hand has provided great is thy faithfulness lord unto me can you sing it one more time great is thy faithfulness Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place, Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Sing with me, Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, Thou art welcome in this place holy spirit have your way in this service this morning there are people that have brought all kinds of needs into this house many of them oh lord need a touch of healing many of them need a touch of encouragement many of them need instruction and in righteousness touch us oh lord with your presence and your power and your spirit We pray in Jesus' name. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9 through 17 is a powerful text. It is not for the faint of heart. It's not for those who crumble in times of crisis. It's a text of transition, a text of transformation. There's a lot of consternation and trepidation in the camp. It tells about decisions that have to be made. It addresses the grief and the sorrow of a nation. It has hope and expectancy of a new leader that is coming on the scene to direct God's people. They've been in the wilderness for a long time. The wilderness and the desert tried to kill them. The harshness of the desert places, the loneliness, tried to dissuade them and dishearten them, but they withstood it all and they made it to a place where God said it's transition time. It's time for something new. You know, we don't usually respond well when change happens and we have to deal with something new. Sometimes we get news that changes our whole life in just a moment's time. I have, on occasion, had to deliver bad news to really good people. I've had to go with a message of a terrible accident and children killed and go to tell their parents and grandparents what has happened. And suddenly life just changes in just a moment's notice. I've had people come home from... Testing and call and say, Pastor, I got some bad news. And suddenly all of life is put into a tailspin and suddenly everything changes and, and suddenly we start grappling for faith and we start reaching for hope and we start reaching for some word of positiveness, something that we can make out of all of the negativism that we've heard that would give us reason to believe for better things and believe for Something that God could do that nobody else can do. And I want to tell you, the song is right. God specializes in things that are thought impossible. He will do for you what no other power can do. Is there anybody here that has ever faced an impossibility? Have you ever come to a time when there was no way out? When you were boxed in and you just really didn't know uh, what the alternatives were? you wanted to trust god and you wanted to believe god and you you wanted to go forward with god but somehow or another the the flesh and the emotion that was going on inside you just caused fear and anxiety we know jesus said take no thought about your life or what it consists of or or whether you will live or whether you will die or whether there'll be enough to get you through jesus said take no thought Now, he didn't mean uh, don't have the right mindset, and he didn't say for you to go go and do mindless, crazy things. He said, just don't worry. He said, don't be anxious about it. Take no thought about where this is going to come from, or how am I going to get that, or what am I going to do about that problem, or how how am I going to deal with this responsibility, and how am I going to get past this place? And, and, And suddenly you realize that this, this thing has a dual situation because God can take bad times and make something good come out of something bad. God can reverse the curse. God can change things and turn it around where it works for your good. good example of that is Joseph. Joseph. You remember the series that I preached several years ago from the pit to the pinnacle how that he came from a a cistern thrown in there by his brothers, thrown in there by his family, all because of jealousy and envy and enmity that was going on within the family. You see, the father had a problem of favoritism and nepotism, and the Bible said, he loved Joseph and favored Joseph above all the others, and as a result of it, he had a very generous spirit toward. Uh, we do things like that. Don't we we give things to people we like. People we don't like, we just kind of ignore and endure and put up with them. But people that we like, we like to make them happy. And we like to give them good things and we like for them to feel good and we like for them to to be in a good good spirit about everything so we're good to those kind of folks and the father was that way toward joseph and and it was a tradition you know the thing about the coat and it was a tradition among royalty in those days to to wear a coat of many colors it was a a symbol that you're the one that is going to take my place as the head and as the leader of this family and the leader of this whole thing. Well, you've got Reuben and you've got Simeon and you've, you've got Naphtali and you've got all of these brothers. And the Bible said they're out in the field, they're sheep herders and they're herding sheep. And the Bible said their hatred for Joseph was so great because he wasn't very wise about handling how to handle his blessing. God expects you to handle your blessing. There are a lot of people God don't give you one because you don't know how to handle one. Many times, God doesn't give you a blessing because you couldn't hold it. What was it Jesus said about those wineskins? You remember? He said, don't try to put new wine in old wineskins. They can't hold it because they're not, Flexible enough. Sometimes we're just not flexible enough for God to bless us. Sometimes we're so rigid and rigorous in our opinion, our way, and we want to dictate to God how this has all got to come about. And that's why old wineskins will break and spill the good blessing. Because they just can't handle the expansion. Can't handle the blessing. Come on, somebody. Oh, what need we often forfeit? All because we're an old wineskin. Amen. God said a marvelous thing. It shall come to pass in the last days. I'll do a new thing. You got to be flexible enough that when God moves, you got to move with him. And you got to be flexible enough that when God takes something away, then you got to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Because blessed be the name of the Lord is the right attitude to have, no matter if he gives blessing or he detains blessings or he doesn't give them at all. Whatever, whatever comes your way, just say, blessed be the name of the Lord. David said, whatever happens to me, I've determined one thing, and this one thing have I sought after and he said, that is to dwell in the house of the Lord forever and observe and see the beauty of his holiness and inquire about his goodness. Wow, what a, what a powerful message that is. Joseph just got out and flouted his blessing in front of his brothers. And naturally, the result was covetousness, jealousy, and that just kept boiling. You see, if you don't get hold of those kind of emotions, eventually they'll begin to boil. And they'll boil inside you till they become hatred. That's what happened to the brothers of Joseph. They hated him so much, they wanted to kill him and actually thought they had done that. They really thought that they had killed him. When they put him in the pit, they said, he won't make it, he won't make it. And Reuben had to talk them into doing it that way. They wanted to just kill him. And they came up with this this stupid scheme to take the coat and kill a goat and take the blood and put it on the coat. Sometimes folks like to take your coat. Sometimes uh, wearing the coat of your promise. You see, Joseph had had this dream. And he dreamed that all of his brothers were on their face worshiping him. Now, sometimes you need to talk about your dream. Other times you need to keep your dream to yourself. And the wisdom to know the difference is the success of the whole matter. Well, the Bible tells tells us that when the Word got back to the Father and He said they come up with this story, a wild beast must have devoured him. All we found of him was his coat. And it's got blood all over it so we've imagined the worst and uh, you just don't worry about it anymore he he's gone we've got him out of the way we'll never have to deal with him again you know the story He got sold to the Ishmaelites and he got down into into uh, Egypt my Lord Egypt you got to be kidding me that's the as we would say the worst place you could be is to be sent to Egypt and for most of us, that would be a bad, bad thing. But the Bible said God turned it around for Joseph and gave him favor and blessed him. And he got a, got a job keeping house over there at Potiphar's and uh, fooled around and lost his coat again. Had a lot of trouble keeping up with coats. I probably should have titled this sermon, Don't Lose Your Coat because Joseph was continually losing his coat. And every time, it was a symbol of getting into more and more trouble. I imagine uh, all of his critics and all of his his, uh, cohorts were constantly doing this right here to him. Don't forget the coats, buddy. A lie was told on him, and Potiphar's wife grabbed his coat, and he ran out of his coat and left it with her. And she used it as evidence against him to say this is his coat. He left his coat there when he came and sexually assaulted me. Well, what a lie. Have you ever been lied on? Have you ever had somebody to tell a lie about you? I'm talking about a devastating, terrible, painful, demoralizing lie. That had no substance to it whatsoever just something somebody made up or they say sticks and stones may break my bones but words can never hurt me that's a lie words hurt and there are people that hear words over and over every day of their life you're no count you'll never amount to anything You've always been dumb and stupid. My, how ugly you are. How could you be in this family and be so ugly? And everybody jokes and laughs with those words. They stick with people and they last a long time. And they may say, you can't hurt me, but it really does hurt. It really does hurt. It hurts deep. It hurts deep. And when Joseph realized, you know, that, This had happened to him he could have become very bitter he could have become an unlikable person he could have just said don't talk to me about God look at the mess I'm in don't talk to me about loving people look what my family did to me and I had a dream that God was going to to, to bless me and God was going to help me and put me in a place and use me sometime but look where I wound up in a prison IN A PRISON BECAUSE OF Potiphar's HOUSE AND DESTITUTE, DESPONDENT, BUT HE DIDN'T LET THAT CAUSE HIM TO LOSE CHARACTER, NEVER LOST HIS CHARACTER. AND THE BIBLE SAID THE OTHER PRISONERS AND EVEN THE PEOPLE THAT WORKED IN THE JAIL WERE FOND OF HIM AND HAD FAVOR FOR HIM. WOW. You know the story about the dreaming a lot of dreaming going on the dreaming and we've got a cook and we've got a butler and both of them ask am I going to be restored and am I going to make it back and you know the story the Bible tells us that Joseph said to the cook I'm sorry pal but he's gonna you're gonna be killed you're not gonna make it back but to the butler he said you'll be reinstated soon and he said I want to ask you one thing I'll interpret these dreams for you and I'll help you and be a, a source of strength for you but would you please when when you can and you're reinstated please remember me please just remember me please once you're in a place of influence and you've got the ear of the Pharaoh would you just speak a word for me But the Bible said that the butler forgot. Have you ever been forgotten? Have you ever felt alone in a prison, don't know how in the world you're going to get out of it, don't know how it's going to turn out, but you're there and you're all alone and forgotten. Forgotten. What a bad feeling that is, is to think, that you'll be remembered but to actually be forgotten but one day God said the time is right you see punch a neighbor and say it's all about timing all about timing timing seasons come and seasons go times come and times go things change and the Pharaoh was lying on his bed, and he had a dream. And he dreamed about, about fat cows and skinny cows, seven of them to be exact. And he didn't know the answer to the, to the riddle. What's going on here? What's this all about? Why do I see that as plain as the nose on my face, and I feel like it's a message to me? Can anybody help me with this? And the Bible said, and then the butler remembered. hey, God won't forget you. I said, God won't forget you. God knows where you are. You may be stuck in a prison somewhere where the light is dim. You may stuck, be stuck in a going nowhere job. You may be stuck somewhere where people have little opinion of you, but thanks be to God, our God never forgets about you. He knows where you are and he knows what you're going through. And he knows how it feels to be left alone and to be lonely and be forgotten about. He knows how that feels. The Bible said, surely he hath borne our sorrows. He knows what it's like. The emotional pain, the sorrow, the grief, the hurt that goes on when families disown you and when you're sold like a like a piece of goods at auction and when someone lies on you and you're sitting in a in a going nowhere place and no liberation and no no way way out and 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 suddenly you feel this lonesomeness but you know in whom you have believed and you're persuaded that's the crux of it all you're persuaded that he is able, hola Mahashaya, you're convinced that that God we serve, whose child you are, will not fail you and will not abandon you. He'll not turn his back upon you and walk away. He knows where you are, knows what you're doing, knows what you're involved in. And the butler said, I remember my fault this day. There is a man in your prison system (laughs) <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of credentials, had not got a lot of hero stories, but he's got a connection to a God that interprets dreams. <laughs> Hallelujah, God will never rob you of your ministry. God will never, it may sit for a while, and it may be passive for a while, but when God gets ready for it to become active, I'm telling you, God can put things in action that you thought had died. God can resurrect things that you thought were dead and finished and over with, but God knows who you are, knows where you are, and knows what your assignment is. God had an assignment for Joseph. God had a dream for Joseph. And I want to say to you today, don't ever forget your dream. Don't ever forget your dream. Don't ever let Satan steal your dream don't let him ever cause you to doubt your promise that god has made to you promises concerning your family promises concerning your career promises concerning the people that you really care about your church don't let the enemy ever snatch that away from you that's god given and i want to tell you the lord knoweth them that are his And Joseph was summoned from the prison, and he came out. And suddenly he was asked, what does this dream mean? And suddenly Pharaoh turned into a curious one. Tell me about this. He said, well, seven years good times, seven years bad times. Pharaoh said, what do you think we should do? He said, I think you should build barns. And for the seven good years... I THINK YOU SHOULD LAY UP IN STORE AND PLAN FOR THE TIMES WHEN YOU DON'T HAVE MUCH. THAT'S CALLED MANAGEMENT. SOMETIMES GOD DOESN'T GIVE YOU A BLESSING BECAUSE YOU CAN'T MANAGE IT. YOU REFUSE TO MANAGE IT. YOU DON'T TAKE CARE OF IT. COME ON, SOMEBODY. YOU GOT TO CHERISH YOUR BLESSINGS AND TAKE CARE OF YOUR BLESSINGS. AMEN? AND THE BIBLE SAID THAT THE PHARAOH SAID, "Well." I appreciate you sharing this with me and what I'm going to do is put you in charge of all that and said, you are going to become a savior. In so much that Joseph became a type of the Lord Jesus in the Old Testament. We call that a theophany. Wow. You mean you can be used like Jesus and you come from a prison? from the pit to the pinnacle, insomuch that he became second in all of Egypt and eventually sat upon the throne. Well, the famine was so bad during the seven years that his family got to be in want. There's a story over in 1 Samuel 22, verse 1 and 2. Where david is being hunted by saul and hunted by the very ones that he used to be the commander they were his friends but they had become his enemies when saul told them lies about david and david was having to run for his life you remember and the bible said that david had fled from gath now gath is the main city of the philistines the king is a shish And David is constantly having to maneuver around and keep from being discovered. His family, let's get this, his family is back in Jerusalem with Saul, and David is over here in the camp of the enemy trying to keep from being discovered. Sometimes you're safer with your enemy than you are with your family. Sometimes you're safer in the camp of the enemy. And the Bible said, first verse, the 22nd chapter said, and he left. He didn't leave. He escaped. He escaped. He was so cunning that he knew how to escape from the Philistines who were seeking for him to kill him. You know what he did? You're going to laugh when I tell you this. He acted like he was crazy. Well, don't look so pious. You've acted pretty crazy yourself sometimes. I bet if we put you in a pit and locked you in a prison and lied on you and you'd lost every coat you'd ever tried to put on, I imagine you'd be pretty crazy too. And the Bible said he started foaming, spitting out in his beard, this is true it? and i I tell this right larry and he started acting crazy and he started getting out at the gate pawing at the gate and acting like a crazy fool and king Ashish said open that gate and get that fool out here how did you ever bring him to my place anyway that's how he escaped by acting crazy i was in a group of guys yesterday and One of them was talking religion, and he was really waxing eloquent, brother. I mean, somebody had wound up his clock, and he was really letting religion and church and Jesus and Christians have it. And I just kind of held my pearls and refused to cast them. You get it. So he kept on going until he said, And I'll tell you something else about these Pentecostals. They're crazy. That's just the way he said it. They're crazy. And whatever they believe, I don't know what it is, but I think they just make it all up. And the guy who was with me, he kept punching me on the leg, you know. Don't you love it when they punch you on the leg? They're talking about you. He thinks, he thinks you're crazy. So I have to plead guilty a little bit every now and then, Randy. I, I am a little crazy. And that's because I'm a whole lot Pentecostal. I'm a little bit crazy, but I'm a whole lot Pentecostal. I believe, praise God, I believe that there's a Holy Ghost power. I believe there's a Spirit of God. I believe there's a baptism in the Holy Ghost that you can receive, that you'll receive power to be a witness for the Lord. I believe there is a tongue speaking experience that comes upon you when you receive a baptism in the Holy Ghost. I believe that God can stir your heart and stir your spirit and encourage you and cause you to stand up and say things that normal people don't say. My God will heal you. My God will save you. My God will deliver you. My God will strengthen you. My God will bring you out of adversity. He'll give you faith when you're going through the battle. He'll fight your battle for you. Hallelujah. Yes, sir, I'm just a little bit crazy. That's cause I'm a whole lot Pentecostal. hallelujah anybody in this house know what i'm talking about this morning anybody in this house ever felt the touch of god in your life Anybody in this house ever had the Holy Ghost to show up when everybody else walked out and you felt like you had a one friend left or you looked around and the Holy Ghost was with you and Jesus was with you and the Word of God was in you? Neither shalt thou be dismayed. Take no thought about tomorrow. Take no thought about what you're gonna eat or what you're gonna wear. Our Heavenly Father feeds the sparrows and he'll take care of you. Hallelujah. Somebody give me a hallelujah. Let's take a praise break and just worship the Lord this morning. Joseph realized his dream. His brothers came in and they bowed down just like the dream. And Joseph had on all of his pharaoh regalia, the head of the empire that ruled the world. Joseph sitting on a throne, God's man, in God's place, in God's time. Oh, hallelujah. And the brothers came in and knelt and said, there's a famine that's going on over in our land. And our father sent us, if we could possibly beg some grain from the Egyptians And the Bible said they did not recognize him. Sometimes when God gets through with you, you're unrecognizable. That pitiful thing that you used to be, that punching bag that you used to be for those snide remarks and those slurs and those sleers and those slams, praise God, you don't look like you used to. You don't have that hangdog face. You don't have that old droopiness about you that says you're just about done, you're just about finished, just about wore out. Well, I got news for you, neighbor. As long as the sun rises and sets, I will preach the word of the Lord. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I fear? Or Of what shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. He's the rock of my salvation, hallelujah, when that becomes so hard for me to bear. Lord, lead me to that rock that is higher than I, for thou hast been a shelter for me. Thou art my shield, thou art my high tower. Find yourself in a pit or in a prison, just praise your way out. I said praise your way out. Well, I don't feel like praising. Well, brother, sometimes that's the best praising you can do. It's when you don't feel like it. I want to tell you, the devil will never provide a time when you'll feel like praising the Lord. But if you'll sacrifice a praise, it's kind of like my little shaking my leg. Somebody said, is God in that? Well, he'll get in it if I keep doing that, Praise God, because I know that if I cooperate with him and I put my hand in his, that nothing shall be impossible, that dreams come true for people who believe that God can do impossible things. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And now I'm going to do some more crazy stuff. Are you ready for some crazy stuff? Uh, there ain't anybody up there. Let me get this bottle of oil. Pentecostal people are crazy enough that they believe that if you do what the Word of God says, that people can be healed. Pentecostal people are crazy enough to believe the Bible says, Is there any sick among you? Let him call. Anybody calling? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. Stand up there a minute, Michael. I need to use you. This is that baby that laid in that crib bed in campground in Birmingham. When children were dying, all in Birmingham from diphtheria, this baby is the one I told you about laying in the crib bed. Choking to death with diphtheria. My dad and I came in. He'd been preaching. I went with him that night. Came in, walked over to the crib bed and picked this baby up. Sat down in the chair and said, God, I'm your preacher. Been preaching about you tonight. Told people you could heal people's body. Told people that when you're in a crisis, call upon the Lord. Told people that when you bottom out, look up and find the Lord and now God I need you to touch my baby and he looked down and this baby had gone back to sleep healed 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 thank you Mike we got a lot of those kind of stories at my mind a lot of those kind of stories. And that's because god's got a promise and god's got a destiny for all of us god's got a purpose god's got a plan god's got a provision for every one of us in this house he's known you all your life he's known every pit every pitfall every prison experience every bondage every fear every grief every sorrow he knows all about you all about you and because he knows you SO WELL, HE KNOWS WHAT YOU NEED. KNOWS WHAT YOU NEED. KNOWS WHAT YOU NEED. THEREFORE, WITH THANKSGIVING WILL I COME INTO HIS PRESENCE. THEREFORE, WITH PRAYER AND SUPPLICATION I'VE LET MY REQUEST BE MADE KNOWN UNTO THE LORD. MAKE MY REQUEST KNOWN UNTO THE LORD. Make my request known unto the Lord. You don't have to run it through a committee somewhere. (laughs) You don't have to find some spiritual guru somewhere. He said, just make your request known unto the Lord. It's called a cry out. It's called a try out. A cry out. Brother, when you reach the place that you can't go one more step if you'll cry out, cry out. David said, this poor man, this wretched, miserable man cried out unto the Lord and the Lord heard him and delivered him from all of his trouble. Many, somebody say, Benny, MANY ARE THE AFFLICTIONS OF THE RIGHTEOUS, BUT YEAH, WE'VE GOT AFFLICTION, YEAH, WE'VE GOT SPIRITS OF INFIRMITY, YEAH, WE'VE GOT WEAKNESS, MANY ARE THE AFFLICTIONS, BUT THE LORD DELIVERS HIM OUT OF THEM ALL, OUT OF THEM ALL, SOMEBODY SAY ALL, HE DELIVERS THEM OUT OF THEM ALL, Delivers them out of them all. Pray for me while I walk. Some of my favorite things to do while I pray is walk. I'm a walking prayer, aren't you, Tornetta? I walk and pray. I walk and pray. Jeff, I'm still on your team. I said I'm still on your team. I want you to know the Lord is on our side. Oh, I felt the Holy Ghost hitting me right then. The Lord is on our side. And if God be for us, what or who could stop a work of the Lord? Amen. god i lay my hands upon jeff wilson and i come against this spirit of infirmity that has afflicted him god your word said whatsoever i bind on this earth you would bind it in heaven lord i bind the spirit of infirmity that has come against him and in jesus name i ask you to deliver him and set him free oh thou spirit of infirmity leave jeff wilson depart from this body in jesus name i command you leave in jesus name oh thank you lord thank you god thank you holy ghost Tracy, sometimes I just act crazy. I'm a crazy preacher, ain't I, Donnie? Mm. Tell you what, you can't get this nowhere else but right here. Just bear with me. Bear with me. Just got a little more walking to do. I'll be back in just a minute. A little more walking little more craziness. Thy yes, word, O yes, Lord, thy word, oh Lord. Yes. Thy word yes. is sharp. Yes. It's powerful. Yes. It's quick. Yes. It's living. Yes. God right now, I have come to you on behalf of my brother. And Lord, I am asking you right now, O oh God, to touch him with a spirit of healing. I pray, O God, from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet that you would anoint him and give him a healing touch. Lord, you made this body. You're able to correct it. You're able to heal it. And I pray that you would stretch down your hand. You said with a mighty hand you delivered. God, would you with that outstretched arm and mighty hand touch Chad. In Jesus' name, I pray for a healing touch, a powerful touch of the Holy Ghost right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Believe him for it, Chad. You know, the Scripture says, these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. Not them that preach, not them that pastor, but them that believe. Them that sit in pews and believe the Word of God. These signs shall follow them that believe. THEY SHALL LAY THEIR HANDS UPON THE SICK, AND THEY SHALL RECOVER. DIDN'T SAY JERRY IRWIN. IT SAID THEM THAT BELIEVE. IT SAID THEM THAT TRUST. THEM THAT HAVE A PROMISE. THEM THAT HAVE A DESTINY. GOD IN JESUS' NAME touch JOEL lord the battle that he is fighting you know all about it you understand all of the different nuances of what his need is and lord we've trusted you and you've done miraculous things and i thank you god for all that's been accomplished and i ask you god to give him strength and keep your hand upon on him and let him have a full recovery and a full recuperation back to his health I pray that prayer in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I believe it, Joel. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. I just want to humble myself before the Lord. Just humble yourself before the Lord. God, thank you for this man that has come this morning, God that you've humbled his heart. Your word has humbled his heart. And I thank you, God, that he's knelt in your presence and knelt before you to say, God, I want you to do with me whatever your will is for my life, whatever your purpose is for my life, whatever my destiny is, whatever my promise, whatever my dream, God, would you give me the strength and give me the faith and give me, oh God, the courage to face the task and be, oh Lord, your person in a strategic place according to your purpose. God bless Ray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. 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 Now I want you to take the hand of the person beside you and we'll call that laying on hands. They shall lay their hands They shall lay their hands. They shall lay their hands upon the sick. And they shall. They shall recover. Oh, God. You said if I agree with another believer in faith believing, that whatever I believe and I ask for, you said it will be done. God, I agree with Virginia right now that you are going to provide answers and that you're going to provide strength and grace and blessing. I believe, Lord, you're going to supply the need. I believe you're going to heal people's bodies. I believe you're going to do as we have believed you for right now, God. Stretch down your hand and let your presence be felt in your holy place. That's our prayer, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Are you ready to testify? I said, is anybody in this house ready to testify? Can you testify today that the Lord has touched you? Can you testify today that God has met your need? Can you testify today that the Lord has touched you and encouraged your heart? He has. then stand to your feet all over this place. Why don't you, for about 30 seconds, give the blessed blessing you've got. The best praise you've got, for about 30 seconds. Best you got, come on Harvest, the best you got. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. My lips shall forever praise him. My voice shall ever be praised under our God. Oh, bless his name, bless his name. Praise His name. Praise His name. Thank you, God, for the service this morning. Thank you for the touch of God that I feel in this house. Thank you, O Lord, for meeting needs in this place. I expect my telephone to ring this afternoon with people giving testimonies of how God touched them. O Lord, in Jesus' name, go home with us. Keep us safe from harm and danger. We'll love you and praise you. Forgive that man that caused me crazy. But Lord, if being Pentecostal's crazy, I'll just remain crazy and hope he'll become crazy too one day. Dismiss us now. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 amen.